0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So tonight, I'm going to talk about prayer. Now, don't shut me down. I know Pastor did a very large series Very awesome, not too long ago on prayer. But after Sunday night, after what he talked about, excuse me, after what, when he talked about, very candidly, if you weren't here Sunday night, get the CD, it was really good, yielding to the Holy Spirit and what it was like for him. And he's like, I'm no different. You know, just because I'm a minister doesn't mean that it's just all different for me and there's just supernatural grace to yield to God's spirit when he's moving on me. You know, he talked all about that. Um, You know, I realized I was thinking about it and prayer is an amazing place of training for you. It can be, it's, it's such a powerful place, but it's, and it, you can do so many things for yourself, for your family, for your coworkers. It's just amazing. And if you're a control freak, prayer is for you. (laughs) I'm dead serious. (laughs) Everybody knows somebody who loves to be in control. And I think we all do, you know, to a certain extent, prayer is your answer. It is the place where you can do it with him and have things done perfectly. But it just really hit me, you know, how important We've been praying for a long time in this church. Like, we've really stepped it up in prayer. But I want to make sure, you know, prayer is like the pedal, the gas pedal in the car. We have this super well-equipped car. But if we don't mash that pedal, we're not going to keep going. We're not going to go anywhere. And we've got to keep going. We, we've seen some things happening. We've seen God move. But we want more. Amen? Amen. I want more. We all want to see more. So we need to mash that pedal down. We need to do it effectively. And you'll be blessed when you do it. Amen? All right. So first of all, turn to John chapter 17. Now, I don't want to... I was actually preparing this for the youth. I'm going to do a whole series for them. And I kind of broke it down for them as if we have... A bunch of people that have never heard anything. And so I broke it down for them specifically to be able to hear from the beginning because they're like prayer, you know, that doesn't sound exciting, you know, so they can understand it more. And so some of this I'm going to skip, but if you're hearing something you've already heard, you know, let it stir you up You know, just smile and say amen. (laughs) You might know it already, but it's good. It's always good to stir yourself up. And think of it this way. If you have somebody, say somebody at work, like, why do you go to church all the time? And why do you go to prayer on Mondays? Like, what is that about? Well, you you don't want to be like, "Um, I don't know, because we just do. (laughs) You don't want to answer like that. You want to give them a heartfelt, knowledgeable answer as to why you pray. And there, you know, the world's not excited about it because they don't know how. And when you don't know how, you don't get results. And of course that's not exciting. I've been there. I mean, as a teenager, that was me. You know, prayed any old way and crossed my fingers and got no results. And so I gave up. And that's what that's what most of the world does. So anyway, so if you're hearing things that you already know, you still might want to take notes because you want to be able to, you know, you want to be able to encourage somebody, because somebody might not, they might not be bold enough to come to church with you, but if they hear something, this is how I used to be, I would, I would, I didn't want to go to church with Cindy, but I'd hear her talk about stuff, and then I'd try it secretly. <laughs> People will do that; they listen, they're listening to your conversations or they're listening to you, and you, hey, you know, I. I prayed like this, and then this happened, and it's not an accident. I mean, God loves me, and he wants to answer my prayers. You know, it's just that simple. You want to be able to answer people when they want to know stuff. So, you know, prayer is a great place to learn to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. It's an amazing place. If, you know, if you're shy, you're not really bold, you're asking God for boldness, you want to learn to step out, but you're nervous about doing it in front of people, you can do it in your prayer closet. You can learn. You can learn to yield. You can learn to find that flow when you're praying in the Spirit. It's just, it's an amazing place. You know, you can practice hearing from God, and you can actually do what you see or what you hear. You know, you might see yourself talking to a certain person at work, and then you act it out, and you're like, hey, you know, I heard from God. I prayed. I was in my prayer closet. I got this, and I did what I saw, and I saw results. You know, it's just as easy as that. It's, it's really simple. All right, so you guys are in John 17. So I'm going to talk about, you know, what is it? Is it important? What's the point? Why do we need to? Can we pray any old way? And how do I pray? I will talk a little bit, hopefully, if we get time. But the mechanics of prayer, we we encourage the youth in all these things. And I realize, you know what, this is good for everybody. Just, you know, do I pray in English? Do I pray in the Spirit the whole time? Do I listen to my tongues when I'm praying in tongues? Do I listen to somebody else? You know, there's questions that a lot of people have. They just may not, you know, I'm going to go over that too. And I have really good scriptures to read before you pray. If you read scriptures about prayer, and it just, you get so pumped up in faith, and it's so easy, you know, God's always there ready to meet you, but when you get yourself pumped up on scriptures where you know he hears you, and I mean, you just go in like a lion, and and it's it's so fun. Um, all right, so I better get started, or we're never going to get there. So, Is it important? So you turn to John 17, and I'm probably the only one that's not there. Actually, no, I am. Okay. John 17, 1. Okay. Is it important? Jesus prayed when he was here. Jesus prayed when he was here. I mean, he, he was God, you know. But he was also like us. And if he needed to pray, it's pretty straightforward. We need to pray. So I went through and I read some of his prayers. And in chapter 17, the first part, he prays for himself. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven. And, you know, every time Jesus prayed, it's such a model for us. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh. Now he starts talking about what God has given him first. He's, he's saying so that your son may glorify you. Like he's beginning, he's already starting with, you know, you're it. You're the one, you're the one who gave me this. And he says, and you also gave me authority over all flesh. says that he should give eternal life to as many as you've given him. And this is eternal life that you may know, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you here on the earth. I have finished the work which you've given me. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So the first thing, like I said, is he's, he's remembering God first. He didn't just say, all right, you know, I've got this huge, unsettling <laughs> thing before me called the cross. You know, he, he's saying, you know what, it is all about you. It is all about me glorifying you while I was here. And it's, it's just so awesome to remember to put God first whenever you pray. It puts things in perspective for you. You know, and, and we always want to give God glory anyway. So then next, Jesus prays for his disciples. He prays for the people that he was closest to. And so what does he pray? In 6, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. He even claims, he, he even doesn't say, well, these were my guys. I went out and found them. He even says, you gave them to me. I mean, he's so mindful and grateful to God. It's, it's just so awesome. He said that you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. You know, remember, every person you bring in, you just say, God, you gave them to me. Thank you. And, and he is, he's the one, because somebody's praying. Either you're praying or somebody's praying. When you minister to somebody, God's bringing that person. Yes, he, he would use you tremendously to speak to someone, minister to someone, bring them in, get them saved. But remember... It's still him, still him doing it. He's the one giving them to you. Now, it says, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given them the words which you've given me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. But for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me. So he's praying for those closest to him that he ministered to, that they may be one as we are. All right, we'll skip over. And then, and that, that whole chapter is really good to read. Okay. And then the next chapter, Jesus prays for all believers in 20, not the next chapter, but 17, 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you father are in me and I and you, that they also may be one in us. And it's kind of a lot to read through. You might want to go back and read that really slow because <laughs> it's a lot of you and me and I and you and us and It can sound kind of confusing, but go back and reread it and get the revelation of what he's talking about there because it is really big. 22. And the glory which you gave me, I've given them, and they may be one just as we are one. And it's more of the same. But anyway, he's praying for all believers. So if Jesus prayed, it's super important that we pray. We pray for our family. We pray for our church family. We pray for our loved ones. We pray for people that aren't so lovely, you know. Amen. So prayer is still important. You know, it's, it's not a mystical thing. It's not complicated, really. Even though there are rules, yes, if you want to see results. But at the same time, it's you just simply talking to him. I mean and how easy is it to just fellowship and talk with him? You know, He's so good, he makes it so easy. It's, it's also another side of it is it's us working together with him, whether for our own gain or to, just to accomplish his will on the earth. So that's another good definition of prayer. So what's the point, and why do we need to and I'll go through this super quick, because we already know this his will's not being carried out on this earth. Unless someone here in this earth does it. Someone surrendered to him. And y'all know, you go back to Genesis 1, You know, the condition of the world, God gave it all to Adam, said, he said, let me turn to it really quick. Because I want to have the right wording. Let's make man in our image. I'm going to make these people, and they're going to look like us. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. He said, let them have it. So basically, he created everything. He handed it to Adam. Adam and Eve messed up, and they submitted and surrendered to Satan, and just they handed the keys over. They had the keys. They gave them to Satan. And so... Turn to 2 Corinthians 4.3. So, Adam was the god of this world, the ruler and the dominator. And when he handed it all over Satan, he gave it all to him. Now, God could have said, this was interesting when I was reading it. God could have said to Adam, I will dominate through you. Here's all this stuff, but I'm going to dominate through you. He didn't say that. He said, you dominate. He said, you do it. He didn't want robots. He didn't want that. We're working together. And that was the way he planned it then, and it's the way it works now. So 2 Corinthians 4.3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. So who's the God of this age? It's the little g. The devil's the God of this age, and he's blinding people. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine on them. So, what's the point? The point is, it's the way it is because the reins were handed over. And in order for us to supersede all that and and put the reins and the power back so God can do what He wants in His plan, we have to pray. It's super, super important. So, can we just pray any old way? Like I said, when I was a teenager, you know, I'd ask God for all kinds of crazy stuff and beg and plead. And I thought, you know, if I cried, maybe that would really do it, you know. And it just didn't work. And so I gave up. I'm like, this doesn't work. You know, I didn't give up on God, but, you know, some people do because of that. But I just gave up on prayer altogether. So turn to Mark 11:23. And this one, the scripture I hope you're writing these down. I know all of you probably know this one by heart, but just in case. Mark eleven twenty three is, is a good example. Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You know, anytime you pray, you have to believe God is and that he heard you and that you have received what you asked. When I first heard that, it just blew my mind. Like, oh, you know, I don't keep asking about that thing. You know, I, I believe it's done. You know, it was... Okay, you know, it was kind of hard for my mind to wrap around. Okay, so that's how I do it. So, you know, maybe you're asking for direction about something that you need. Well, first, it's good to always acknowledge him. Acknowledge how big he is and that he's heard you. Say, you know, thank you, Lord. I love you. You are awesome. You created all of this, and you've given me everything I need. And I'd love you. You know, just acknowledge him, how awesome he is. Thank you, Lord, that you hear me. You always hear me. And number two, make your request. You know, make your request. Use your words. You know, use English. Use all the English words you got. And then pray in the Spirit some about it. And number three, thank him for the answer. And number four, continue to expect an answer. But when you think about it, when that thing comes up again, it could be something that's aggravating you, so it's constantly coming up to your brain, something you're stressing about. Thank God. Thank God that he's working it out perfectly for you. That's what you think on. Because you've already talked to him about it. You've already done it. You know, when it comes to something like that, we'll talk about it later when, you know, it is a little different when you're praying for, say, a loved one that you want to get saved or or just to know God better. You know, you do do that differently. But it's really simple. Acknowledge him, make your request, thank him for the answer, continue to expect the answer, and just thank God that he's working it out for you. You know, and you can keep keep yourself stirred up that you easily hear from him. Because a lot of times, he will give you an answer right away. He's not, you know, maybe he, you're just so... Busy at work, you're just so full of a lot of stuff. He's trying to tell you and you just you can't hear it. You know, that happens quite a lot. So be prepared. You know, don't get your mind so caught up in things that, you know, maybe aren't that important. And praying in the Spirit will always help you with that. It helps get that mind quiet. And because he's probably going to give you a lot of times, I mean, less than five minutes when I've got a problem. Like, boom, oh, that's what I need to do. And a lot of times it's something I need to do. I can't just drop the ball right there. So you have to be prepared for that. And, and, and a lot of times I'm like, oh, that was so simple. I feel so stupid. <laughs> Maybe that's just me, but. All right, so what do you pray for? You know, you don't have to pray for stuff that's already yours. Um. You know, God's given us promises. He's given us promises on salvation and finances. And you just, you basically take it. Lord, you, you sent me Jesus and I want him. I take him right now. You know, you don't have to pray and travail to get Jesus in your heart. I mean, he's there. He's ready. Um, so we're going to skip this. Don't pray for stuff that you can do yourself. I know that sounds super simple, but say you're at the store or you're at the job job, and you see someone and your heart goes out to them. You have all this compassion and you want to just go over and minister to them. Don't, And you have an opportunity. Don't stand there and pray, Lord, send somebody across their path. <laughs> send somebody to minister to them. Send somebody to get them saved. If you have the opportunity and you got the legs to do it, go do it. It's that simple. See, you don't have to pray about that. You might want to pray for boldness (laughs) and thank God that he's with you. He'll help you speak, give you the words to speak. Yeah, pray that. But don't pray that, you know, you're there. Just go do it. We miss a lot of opportunities because we don't want to do it or we're too shy or we're too busy. You know, you don't pray for that stuff. So, and also be ready to, um, I said this before, recognize an answer to a need when it comes. Like, um, you need money for something. Somebody's looking for a job, and they're in a desperate situation, and someone comes up and offers them a job, and they're like, no, I'm just believing God. The the check's going to come in the mail. Just do the job. You know, he's... Most likely sent the person to you to help you. It may not be your dream job, but you'll get there. You, you, you start somewhere, you'll get there. I guarantee it. I've seen it many, many, many times. So, and when you pray, don't be overwhelmed. You know, oh my gosh, I've got so much stuff to pray for. You know, I've got all these people. I've got so much stuff. I've got so many kids to pray for. Just satisfy your what's on your heart today. The devil would love, you know, he, he can't get us on the dumb stuff, you know. But So these are things that he'll try to get you on. Oh, you need to pray about this and this and this and this and this and give you a big huge list to where you can't even, you know, calm down and concentrate and then you just give up. And, you know, when I get overwhelmed, I want to give up. That's how that's I am. I have to break things up in, in chunks. <laughs> like I have to make something smaller or I just don't want to do it. I just want to give up. I don't know if anybody else is like that. but So I just don't want anybody else, you know, don't get overwhelmed. It's not the Holy Spirit will lead you, your heart, to what is most important now, today, or this week. So um, pray for others. What do I pray for? Pray for others in your life. Pray for your coworkers, extended family. There's some coworkers you can't talk to, and there's some family you can't talk to. We all know this. (laughs) I heard somebody laughing. It's true. They're just not open to you. They've known you since you were this high, or they knew you before you knew Christ. I got a lot of that in my family. (laughs) So I pray for them. Luckily, in some sense, for some of my family, they've seen the, the change in me. I know my dad saw a change in me. And that affected him a lot. But he's my dad. He's going to love me. But I have other family members that just all they remember is me being a jerk as a teenager. And so, like, they're not really open or even believing that I actually go to church, you know, and I'm not a jerk anymore. So you you do need to pray for those people because you may not be able to minister to them. A lot of this stuff is just common sense. Um, All right, turn to Acts 1, 4 and 5. Wow, you guys don't have a lot of time over here. It's super short over there. It's so, like we really don't have time. Acts 1-4. Sorry, I didn't make that real clear. Um, Did I? Yeah, I did. Okay. Sometimes I copy my scriptures. Sometimes I don't. Is this the right scripture? <laughs> oh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay, and what I'm going to talk about here is the importance of the Holy Spirit in your prayer life because he's huge. Acts 1-4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. So who did? Jesus did. He said, you've got to wait. This is super important. You've You've heard from me, and for John, baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So turn to... Go to 8, just down a little bit further. 1-8. But you shall receive power, when, and these are scriptures you should write down. If you don't just know them like that, you should write them down. Because this is a question you will get from people. Why do I need to pray in the Spirit? Is it really that important? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Turn to Acts 2, 1, 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you think the Holy Spirit's pretty important if Jesus told us to wait for it? It's super important. And I say it, but it's really he. He's super important. We have to have him. Is the Holy Spirit for everybody? That's a the question. There's a lot of people that just... Well, that's good for you, but I don't think that works for me. So Acts 2.38 can answer that. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. It's super, super important. You're filled with the Spirit and you pray in the Spirit and you should do it every day. You know, there's three, three basic but super important things that pray in the Spirit will do for you. Turn to Jude 20. Number one. And I'm going to have to turn to myself because I wrote this down real quick today and did not print out these scriptures. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You're edifying yourself. That's one thing praying in the Spirit does. God wants you. He knows you need this. He knows you need this daily. You will get drained Every day this world is just beating on you every day. That's why I get I get so I don't understand when people are upset with having Sunday morning service and Sunday night service and Wednesday. Like how much world do you get? I mean every day there's something <laughs> ungodly and worldly, even if you're, you're trying not to look, being shouted at you, you're seeing, you're dealing with, you, you know, thank God we can come in these doors and escape and get refreshed. Yes, exactly. So remember, you need to edify yourself. God plant. He, he said this. We need this. So we need to do it. Turn to Isaiah twenty-eight eleven. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. You know, praying in the spirit, you can enter into a rest. It's not just building yourself up, but it's a rest and a peace. And God wants us to walk in that every day. It's very important. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 14. The third thing that's very important about praying in the Spirit. For if I pray in a tongue, and like I said, you should be writing these down because you want to be able to answer people when they ask you. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I also will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I also will sing with the understanding. Another, the third thing is magnifying God in the Spirit. It's, when you go to prayer, sometimes you need to just spend, don't even come to him with an agenda. There's times where you just need to come to Him and just magnify God. I mean, you use your words, but you're gonna come, you're gonna find when you praise God that you you're gonna get dissatisfied. You're gonna find that you don't have the words to speak that you when you really want to magnify him. And when you Pray in the spirit as in glorifying and magnifying God. When you worship him in in tongues, you will step into a whole other place and you'll have such a satisfaction that you can't get from doing that in English. And I have Acts 10.46 written down here. Okay, it's just real short. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So that was just another scripture to go along with it. So those are three things that are super um, important, three things that praying in the Spirit will do for you. I think it's um, pretty evident that it's important that we, you know, we pray in the Spirit. So let me find where I'm at. Okay, so the next section I have is how do I pray, and we talked a little bit about that, and I am, I Went back and reread a bunch of um, Brother Higgins books from Bible school. And the, the three main things that he had, that he focused on, you know, like I said before, it depends on who you're praying for. Are you praying for yourself? Are you praying for someone else? Are you praying for a family member, a random friend at work? Um, when it comes to praying for oneself, the Ephesians prayers are tremendous praying, uh, those were the first, when I got back into fellowship with the Lord in my 20s, those were the first prayers, and I, that I started praying, and I didn't even really understand them that well, but I, they began to work, I began, um, I just began praying them, so turn to Ephesians 1.3, I might not have time to read them. I just knew and trusted. I had I had I had authority to believe her. I don't know either. That book told me some mentioned praying the Ephesians prayers, or Ike told me to. I don't know. I did a whole lot of phone calls because I was I was wanting to come to church, but I was trying to finish school in Pittsburgh and I was going to move here. So I was calling Cindy and Ike when I could, because I didn't have. That was my church at the time. I didn't, until like, that was my spiritual growth. Like, help me. What do I do? And it may, he may have told me to do that. But go ahead and just write it down. I don't have time to read it. But the Ephesians prayers concentrate on your eyes being opened to your inheritance, what God has done for you. What, who you are in Christ, they're just completely enveloped in, in, in that, and it's, it will absolutely change you. And you can pray this, you know, you can pray this for your family, you can pray it for a loved one. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 1.11 Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith and power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we want, we want to fulfill, we want to be worthy of his calling. We want to fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. We, we want... To be powerful in faith, we want to show an amazing example of who he is in this earth. And these are great scriptures for your eyes to just be open to who you really are. Colossians 1.9 is another one. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We all want to increase in the knowledge of God. Amen? Strengthened with all might. We all want to be strengthened with might. according to, Not according to our might, but according to his glorious power. For all patience and long suffering with joy. You know, we, these are things that, these are life-changing scriptures for yourself. So, when you're going to be praying for yourself, or your children, your spouse, you know, reread these and pray them. You may not even fully grasp exactly the, the largeness of these scriptures. I mean, they're, it's like a couple of paragraphs, but they're so massive, in what they're saying. And it doesn't matter. You know, God's grace is there. Pray these scriptures, remember them, and watch watch how you start to see things differently. So three things when I was reading Brother Hagin's book that he really focused on. Number 1, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Number 2, believe that he heard you and that you have what you asked and rejoice. Number three, hold nothing against anyone. James five sixteen. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He talks a lot about holding nothing against anyone. Um, your love walk can hinder your prayers. And I know you know that, but it's never, ever, ever worth it. The next time you're just so angry and you... Your flesh wants to hold on to it. It's ridiculous. You really don't. But your flesh wants to think about it. it. Wants to think of every angle of it. And it's just the devil trying to keep you sidetracked, distracted, and not receiving what you need. You, 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 can't, you need that open connection with, with, with your Father God. You can't come to him with all that junk and have this open connection. It just doesn't work that way. I mean, we've only been given one commandment while we're here, and it's to walk in love. I mean, it's that big. Amen? So how to pray for unsaved loved ones? The biggest thing, pray for laborers to be sent across their path, and pray in the Spirit for them. Um, When I was very young in the Lord, and I was worried about my dad... I didn't know that much about prayer, but I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I got on my knees and prayed in the Spirit, and I mean, I went places, travailed. I didn't even know what I was doing, you know, interceding for my father, and I spent many nights doing that. I would come home from church, and I'd be so excited about what I'd learned, and I was like, I want him to know. He just doesn't know. He just doesn't know this. This is this is so exciting. But if I try to talk to him, it doesn't work. You know? So I knew I just knew I could go to God about it. And he, you know, and you guys have heard my testimony before about my dad and he's saved now. You know, it works. You know, you may have to take some time to do it, but it's so worth it. Don't ever give up on your loved ones. So pray in English first. Remember that. That's that's, that's always a good way to start. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge how big he is, how capable. Make your requests known in English. I include every detail I can. And then I pray in the Spirit until I'm satisfied. Not till my flesh is satisfied. you got to know the difference. You know, your flesh will get distracted. Your flesh will be, okay, you're done. Let's move on to something else. No, you learn the difference and stick with it. You pray till you have peace about a situation, and you might not even be able to do it all in one setting. You know, you do what you can, and then thank him. Thank him that it's done or that he's working on your behalf. So yeah I think I'll do that last. So turn to first John 5. Some scriptures that I read before um, before I pray that always stir me up, I'm going to give you. So um, actually I'll do this now. Just some of the basic mechanics of prayer. We always encourage the youth when we get together for youth prayer because they're learning you know do i pray you know do i pray in english do i pray in the spirit when you know do i listen the person next to me is really loud you know do i listen to them do i listen to myself you know i always encourage my kids you know listen listen to your words that are coming up and don't let your mind wander if you find that you're praying in the spirit you're trying to and you're thinking about your grocery list, and all these things, what I have to do at work tomorrow, all these things keep coming up. Sometimes you got to reel yourself back in and go back to English for a minute. Hook your heart back up. You've got to locate your heart. If, if, if you're just blah, 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 God's not getting anything out of it. You're not getting anything out of it. You are wasting your time. You know, it's a serious thing, and you don't, we don't want to do that. We don't want to waste time, Reel yourself in, pull yourself in. The more you do, it, it's just flesh. You get used to it. You learn, okay, stop. I got to come back. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, no, I'm not going there. I'm here to pray now for this. And, and like I said, sometimes I stop and hook my heart back up because your mind, your mind hooks up with English it, it, it really quickly. If you're not in a real good flow where it's just just coming up or you're just getting started, find that place. Hook your heart up with whatever it is that you're praying about and then pray in the Spirit and then follow that flow. Listen to those words that come up. Or when I first started coming to prayer, the Lord very specifically told me, don't sit in the back. And this is when I first started. I'm not saying you have to do this now, but he told me, sit up front so you can hear people who pray a lot. And I learned from them. Because I didn't have boldness. I would, especially when I was praying in the Spirit, there's certain words that I was like, is that just me? Is that the Holy Spirit? And then when I heard someone else, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Well, they're just going for it, you know. And I learned. I learned from hearing pastor pray. And so, uh, you know, sitting up front, you know, really helped me do what you need to do that's going to help you, the Lord will, you know, ask him, say, how can I do this better? How can I have it more effective, more meaningful? Show me. And he will. And also, um, you know, group prayer, anytime, group prayer will always help you. Individual prayer is super important. You always are going to do that. And and there's a ma I mean, I've had amazing times, in my own prayer at home, but when there's group prayer, it's always there can be amazing things you get to. Anytime there's group prayer, always join group prayer. There's that corporate anointing. You might be struggling that day, but when you get with that group, a lot of times you kind of get swept up together and it can help you. It's pretty awesome. So are you in first John five fourteen? All right. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. This is, these are the scriptures I read before, before praying, whether at home or, he, or here at Monday night prayer. I remember and I'm be mindful that he is hearing me. I mean, God of the universe, he's listening to me. James five sixteen. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer, it's important, of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. So basically, Elijah screwed up every day, just like we do. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. This is good to remember, too. I don't care how bad you screwed up today. You can go to God in prayer and get your answers. You can be effective. Don't let that stop you. The devil will try to stop you. You really screwed up. So don't even think about going to prayer. Don't even think about being really loud and praying in the spirit. No. It's a huge lie. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he got results. All right. John 16:13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you this one always stirs me up about what the holy spirit can do in me when i pray so also did i say 1 corinthians 14:14 i did <laughs> yes no 1 corinthians 14:14 14, 14. for if i pray in a tongue my my spirit prays I think I read it I think I read it earlier. Okay, we'll just write that one down then. Yeah, I read it earlier tonight. But that's a good one to stir yourself up to. You know, there's many amazing examples of things that happened when the apostles prayed. And turn to Acts 114. When they got together and prayed, amazing stuff happened. Amazing stuff can happen for us because we're praying. Amen. Okay, did that. Acts 114. Oh, this is one of those that didn't write down. Okay, I did. These all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. You know, they were getting together daily, breaking bread, fellowshipping, and praying. They weren't all getting together playing Xbox. Until I threw that one in for the youth. (laughs) Hey, I know a lot of 40-year-olds that play Xbox. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But what I am saying is, I don't think that's what they were doing this day. They weren't playing whatever was the cool game of that day. They were together in one accord in prayer and supplication. They got together and they had group prayer. Acts 2:42. So this is what they were doing. God, Jesus told them, wait for the Holy Spirit. They waited for the Holy Spirit and then they they ran with it. They got together and they prayed. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. Then, so they were in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Many wonders and signs were done. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't just because, well, Jesus was gone and went to the cross, and now it's their turn. It was not an automatic thing. This didn't just fall in their lap. He didn't just lay hands on them and say, be blessed. And then he left this earth. He said, you've got to pray. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And like I said, they ran with it. They got together. They prayed. And it says, fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. If you haven't written the scripture down, write it down. Because this will remind you of what happens when we pray. Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John, 3 1. Now, Peter and John, this is something else that happened because they prayed. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. They were actually on their way to the temple to do what? Pray. Imagine that. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who are entering the temple. So let me skip down. So, and fixing his eyes on them, he saw Peter and John about to go, and fixing his eyes on him, John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them, the the lame man gave him his attention, expecting to receive something. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. They were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Things will begin to happen, and people will be filled with wonder and amazement when we pray. We have to keep our foot on the gas pedal. We have to keep praying. If we're not seeing these things like we want to, we keep the foot on the pedal. We cannot give up. Amen? Turn to Acts 4.16. going to hurry. Oh gosh. I didn't realize it was that late. Okay. What shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. I can't, I'm not reading all of what happened before, but everybody, a notable miracle. They're, they didn't say, we think something happened. We're not really sure. A notable miracle that all the sinners were, they saw, they witnessed. They're like, what are we going to do? So because of prayer, they had a notable miracle, something they could not deny. Acts 4.29, this is what's possible to a group that continues in prayer. It's absolutely possible. I could could preach a whole other sermon on the reward you get for for doing this. It would be a whole other deal. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. These are things that happen when you continue in prayer. I have written down Daniel 9, 3, and 4. So write it down, but I'm going to skip it. I can't remember why, but I'll go back and it was there for a reason. So go to Acts 16.6, since we're already in Acts. And I'm running out of time. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to someplace, in My- Mysia, they tried to go into Bith- Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a, vis- and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with them, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he'd seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So there's two sides of this. Do you think the people in Macedonia were praying? I think so. And they came up before them in a vision to Paul. He saw them in a vision. This actually happened to Brother Hagin once. He saw a group in India in a vision, and they needed help with something. He saw it in a vision. He took authority over it. And, like, after it all happened in a service one time, it was just like this. It was amazing. If we found out later that something really bad was going on, and this guy and his group in India were praying, and he was able to help them through prayer, I mean, it's so supernatural. We can have amazing things like this happen in our prayer lives. God wants us to have an exciting life, period. And these are exciting things. This is far more exciting than what you see on TV. Come on, all that stuff's fake anyway. (laughs) We want the real stuff, you know, we want supernatural, we want all the exciting things, you know, God has for us. You know, expect God to speak to you through prayer, expect it and continue in it. If you need to stir yourself up, pull out your scriptures, remind yourself, you know, God can speak to you through a vision like that. You know, he, he can speak to you in so many ways. Be open and be ready because when you pray, your answer's coming. It might come in a bunch of different ways, but be ready. You know, God's going to get it to you. He, he's merciful that way. He knows that in some things... We're not open to, or we're in such a mode of, you know, our nine to five work week. He's going to find a way to get it to you. Yes, it's better to be open to all the different ways, but he's merciful. He'll find the way, whether it's a person come up. I've had people come up. I've had people who weren't even saved come up and just out of their mouths spilled the exact thing I had just asked God. Oh, I need help with this. You know, he used that person. I've had that happen many times. Completely unsaved person. You know, I've had dreams where I needed a problem solved, and I went to bed praying, fell asleep, and it, there was. I woke up the next morning, I'm like, oh, well, that is it. That's exactly what I need to do. And it was very visual. And I've had situations at work. I was in banking for a long time, and... Um, I can't remember exactly, but I had given this man a bunch of money, a whole bunch of 20s, and I had counted it out, and and I knew it was right, but I gave it to him, and he said that I was missing, like, I don't know, like 100 bucks or something, or. and I was like, oh, gosh, because it was a really large amount of, like, 20s he needed, so it was going to take a while, and we were super busy, had a super long line, and I'm like, oh, gosh, like, okay, just take it and take it back and count it again. And as I'm walking back, like, just a vision flashed in front of me of when he had taken it, apparently, because when, you, when you're in banking, you can just count it like this. But people normally, they can't count it as fast as you can. He had somehow folded up like, like 520s. And they were inside the chunk. And then he put the little sleeve over it. And so he thought it was missing. And so anyway, I saw it just like that. And so I got that and I just flipped through a little bit and I saw them all bent over. I'm like, ah, oh, there they are. I'm like, thank you, Lord. You know, just, just ways like that, just a flash, you, you'll see an answer. You know, God's not withholding things from you. He's, he's wanting to bless you and, and, and get you what you need. So, you know, be open. And like I said, you know, we're in a well-equipped car. But it, we don't want that car going nowhere and just serving ourselves. We want to keep our foot on the pedal because we want we want to see all these things happening. I mean, talk about great joy. You know, watching God move so supernaturally and knowing we had such a big part in it just because we prayed. I mean, that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Amen? So keep praying, guys.